Hey everybody, welcome to part two of Ask the Amigos for November 2020. We're kicking things off with a question from Jerry D. He says, after being laid off from my job of 25 years due to the That's pandemic. Brutal. Yeah, sorry. Uh, what general advice do you have for interviewing for a new job? I think I sent Jerry D a message when I saw that come up because that is a bummer. I've been there, my friend, after dropping the job that I was going to be at for the rest of my life after 10 years. So it's tough. Uh, advice. Well, believe it or not, I, I, I don't know if Jerry, did Jerry mention if he's in the States or not? But yeah, I think Jerry's in the States. This is not the worst climate for a job. Actually, it's not too bad. I mean, there's actually jobs out there. Um, if you're willing to get, you know, the problem is 25 years in a job. And so you're used to that job. You're probably pretty good at that job. So if you can't get something in that field, uh, uh, you can at least draw upon what you did do in terms of maybe you had a management position like that. You might be able to get use that to angle your way in somewhere. You know, I've I've went through a million jobs, boat as you know. And the one thing you have to do whenever you lose one is the first thing you've got to do is just go get something immediately. Mm-hmm. No, you because you got to keep that ball rolling. Right. Now, I don't know if you've been in a place for twenty five years. There's probably some severance involved. You know, you may have a little bit of time to chillax. Uh, but I've always found it easier just to get right back on the horse with something, even if it's something that's just like a temp job, uh, until you can uh, find something more permanent. So I well, guess what I would say is don't let the grass grow under your feet. Go out there and grab something real quick and then and and, and then start really looking after you've got something to fall back on. I, I would disagree with that because I think he's coming at this from a different perspective than than you might have been at. Because after 25 years, your uh, your unemployment payments based on your old salary are probably going to probably going to dwarf any kind of temp job that you can get working minimum oh, wage. Oh, no, no. Hold on a second. No, I mean, this would be after the unemployment ran out. You got to run that dry. Yeah, you yeah. got to because with that kind of money. Right, right. Yeah. So, you Although, know, you'd be surprised how little you're going to get, even if you've got a huge salary, because I remember maxing out the unemployment payouts at Lexmark and I didn't make that much money. So you're not getting a ton of cash. Right. But, it, it, you know, if you if you're coming off a hundred thousand dollar a year job, then your unemployment benefits are going to be much, much higher than if you just immediately. Oh, man, I need to start working at Kmart. So I have something. Right. Right. On. Yeah. 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 You know, you got to. Hey, I, I think you agree with me on this boat. You know, if you're in the States, you, especially if you've been 25 years, I spent, I had 10 years in, you've been paying unemployment fees basically your whole career. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people have a real, I did too. It's hard to like get on unemployment and not feel like a, like a, a leech or a bum. But man, you paid a ton of money into that, pal. You got to get, go in there and that's what it's for. You know, especially if you're making money and you got to sustain yourself. So like boats, uh, boats, 100% correct, but I'm glad you elaborated on that. Uh, take that money and, and and take the time to get that cash in before you go out. Now, what's your advice for jobs after that time has passed, Boat? Well, I I can only speak for myself, and so you know, obviously, teaching is what I what I like to do the most. I've done lots of different things, and um, I really enjoy teaching. If teaching were not an option for me. Um, and I wanted to stay in my area because, again, a, a big part of employment is are you willing to relocate or not? So if you're settled, if you already have a home and if you cannot get back into the field that you uh, that you want to be in, uh, you've got to look at sort of what what can you stand doing that won't be too tiresome or boring? And I, I wouldn't necessarily think about um 
I wouldn't necessarily think about the salary only, but just like, what can I stand doing? Especially if you're 25 years in from a job, that means that you've got less than 25 years left before it's time to retire. So what can I do to sock a little bit more away? And honestly, I would look at custodial work within a school system because those jobs pay very, very well. Uh, you work you work regular hours and you get a killer benefits package. Um, it would allow you to stay where you are, you know, and um, and it's not a job that you you know that that would physically kill you to do. Um, but you know, a lot of people think you know I would never be a custodian. That's sort of beneath me. But for for me, I would seriously, and I've thought about that myself. Like if some reason you know, my teaching job were to go away, what else could I do and be happy with doing? Sort of like, what was that Matt Damon movie? Um, Goodwill Hunting? Yeah. So, I've you know, that. yeah, I I just think that that would, be, that would be an okay job to have. But as far as specific advice for somebody that's in, interviewing for a job, you know, you just kind of... You've just got to kind of sell yourself. You know, you've got to you've got to be able to tell people why, you know, is an, and it's really, really hard. I know that my uncle who worked in the defense contractor industry for a really long time when he was between jobs, it was almost impossible for him to get hired again as an older person because yeah. there are tons of people that are just out of school that are willing to work for nothing. And why would they hire you versus one of these people that they could pay a third as much? It's yeah. a really tough situation to be in. Yeah. Yeah. And that's that's worse than it was when I was. That's that's gotten much worse in the past decade. Uh, the the age discrimination stuff. Uh, you know, I will say you mentioned this about custodial work. When I when I left when I got the the heave ho from IBM, right, uh, and looked around, and I had bare. I had like you know what I worked. I was a master level, uh, you know, tech type here for 10 years or whatever i'm gonna get me something solid something awesome i'm not taking any crap job you know what i'm saying and then I, I of course i was back in west virginia right and so it dawned on me how screwed i was pretty early on because there is no that work's not here no and so i mean you're right i had to swallow my pride uh and t- i took whatever i could get I mean, honestly, uh, and I'm gl- and, and I look back on it, and I was like, man, what a schmuck I was, because you just got to keep the ball rolling, man. You really do. And I agree with what you said. Right now, working in the educational system is, and, and there's openings, uh, man, uh, for that sort of work. Uh, but you know, like I said, my advice to you is, I mean, it's easy to get down, and because you did get screwed, obviously, but just try to keep your spirits up, get back into something. And and get the ball rolling, and hopefully something will pan out that in the future that will allow you to get back into the big game. Yeah. Uh, Good luck. Bundy, by the way, Bundy asks, "Have you guys ever been bullied due to your interest in technology or gaming?" Bullied? Um, I not because of that. I don't think I don't bullied because I'm interested in technology or game. I don't think so because video gaming and stuff wasn't as big a deal. And, and, and classic computer wasn't a thing really when I was in school. I mean, we you got to think of that wasn't that huge a deal. What about mm-hmm. you? No, I, I've never been. I've been bullied for a billion other things, but uh, I've never yeah. I've never been picked on because I played video games. Like when I was growing up, everybody played video games. Um, you know, the cool kids did it, the not cool kids did it. So that that was a non factor. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've now people have hassled me for my choices, like like oh, you've got a trash eighty that stick. I've heard that, 
Right, you know, but they, the major league bullies weren't going to be smart enough to know anything right. about, you know, Those were computer. other dorks yeah. that yeah, were exactly. saying it. And I didn't care what they said. Uh, Dave Velociraptor asks, what's your favorite kind of dinosaur? What do you got? Brachiosaurus. Why that one? Built for comfort, not speed. Uh-huh. Uh, I'm going to go with, hmm. I always like the uh, uh, Stegosaurus. That's what it is. That was called the, with the... Uh, pointy with the pointy thingies on the front and the kind of the shield thing. Oh, the triceratops. Triceratops. That's it. That's Mm -hmm. the one. Yeah, that's the one. Those are cool looking. They look like they could kick some ass. They they probably can. Yeah. Um Paul aka Hermsky asks, when's the last time you got completely drunk and how does it affect you? It would have been for me it would have been um and let me I will say this as I looked at this empty bottle of of bullet bourbon in my floor here. (laughs) Uh uh I would have gotten drunk many more times. In fact, over the weekend, I would have been stoned, completely dead, stupid drunk if I'd had the chance because I was kind of having a rough weekend. Uh, But it's been it would have been a couple Saturdays ago. uh, Probably if you've caught any of our ARG streams, I'm usually kicking a few back on there. Uh, uh, But I haven't gotten like I mean, just like drag the ground drunk since probably New Year's. Uh, when we had rock band over at Matt's, uh, mm-hmm. which was, that seems like 4 billion years ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but that was, and that, what a great time. That was such mm-hmm. a great, that was a great start to the year and it just completely tanked. Uh, yeah. but, but man, I had a lot of fun that night. I was singing and having a good old time. What about you? Um, completely drunk. Uh, I want to hear this. Yeah. I mean, I, it's hard for, it's hard ago. <laughs> yeah it's hard for me to 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 uh to determine what completely drunk is i mean there, there have been a couple episodes like the one where i called you up afterwards and i was just laying on the floor and i was feeling awful and of course the infamous uh amigos episode 50 where graham sent us that sweet sweet booze that i drank almost all of on the air yeah um but like Probably the like a couple weekends ago, Chad came over and I drank. I think I drank like four or five beers, and I was feeling pretty good. Uh, it affects me. Uh, I just get all mellowed out, you know. And like, were you? And like, I, I'll just like put on some music and surf the net. And um, yeah, I don't. I don't get uh, particularly uh, aggressive when I'm drunk. Most of the you, time, you're more of the sloppy. Yeah. That's what happens to you. You just sort of fall apart. Yeah, I do. I fall apart completely, so. uh, which is great. You know, and I will <laughs> say, I get, I can get kind of aggressive if I get some in me, mm-hmm. especially if I'm playing games. I remember just cutting promos on everyone I was playing with, for like, <laughs> but I mean, I did, I did that over this past weekend. I wasn't the least bit drunk. I just was just pissed off. So sometimes, mm-hmm. but I mean, yeah, it's great. I, you know, I'm, I'm not ashamed to say that I'll kick a few back. I enjoy it, man. But the, I've got a policy, and one of the policies is I don't ever drink. When my son is here, uh, just because something, if in case of an emergency or something like that, you know, so I, I don't feel like I'd be an irresponsible jerk dad, right? If I did that, so there's no drinking with the boy here, and since the boy is almost always here, I don't drink that much. Now, mm-hmm. when I lived up on the mountain, Katie bar the door. Now, I was, I was, I, I was drinking. Of course, I drank a lot crummier booze back in those days. That's another reason when you drink, when you've gotten your systems used to good booze and it's expensive. My cheapness will outweigh my uh, interest in drinking quite often. <laughs> uh, Frodo and L asks, follow-up question, when and where was the first time you got completely drunk? Say, say it one more time. I, I don't think I caught when, that. When and where was the first time you got completely drunk? You better go first on that one. 
Uh, it was probably my, it was probably a winter break from college my freshman year. So like my freshman year in college, all through high school, I was teetotaler. I didn't drink. I had no interest in drinking. And I, I, was had, the same res- way. I had resolved myself that when I entered college, I was not going to drink. And that lasted for like two days in college. And then I, I, I was just like, you know what? I'm here. This is what everybody else is doing. It was classic case of peer pressure. However, I didn't really overdo it until I came back. And my buddy Josh had a party, like a New Year's party. And uh, there was all kinds of liquor. And I hadn't really had any experience with liquor before. And I went above and beyond the call of duty. And um, and uh, that, that was the first time that I remember being really just trashed out of my mind. And somewhere there's actually a video of that party. Um, and I'm hoping that it never comes to light because I look sort of ridiculous. I would love to see that. I'll be honest. But, uh, but that, that's what I remember being the first time I was like, wow, this is what really being trash feels like. You know, I was the exact same way in high school. If, uh, no drugs, no drinking, no smoking, no nothing. And I would mock you. And I hung around with a pretty wild crowd. crowd, as you know. And who would, I mean, I had every opportunity to take drugs and drink and just do everything. But I was like known, I was sort of known as the guy, the responsible guy in our group, mm-hmm. you know? And so, and that is sort of a, that's almost like an albatross or an anchor and, and some, because it doesn't necessarily get you over. No. Uh, but I mean, so sometimes it's handy, but mm-hmm. I, you don't necessarily want to be the handy guy in the group. You want to be the guy having the most fun. Yeah. Um, I did drank a little after high school but mo i remember the one i think the time i got el drunko grande uh was in huntington when i lived in huntington i was going to marshall and my career at marshall was horrible i was i was uh i was not comfortable in college i wasn't mature enough i don't think to live on my own i don't think i just wasn't there Mm -hmm. everything had always came easy for me educationally and so i just i got to the point where i did i was i wasn't cut to one class it was a little bit above what i was thought it would be and i just you know it i didn't do well and so i got depressed and all my mm-hmm. friends were partying and stuff and so uh, one night i went out i remember i went to uh, uh the local cub foods which is a grocery store in huntington and picked up a bottle of vladimir vodka in a plastic bottle i'm sure i've told you the story boat i can't and remember it, this one and I went to the house and I got a, I bought a big thing of orange juice because I knew how mm-hmm. to make a screwdriver. Mm-hmm. And I took one of those big, huge, like a big gulp glass. I remember, oh I remember the glass. It had a mountain, <laughs> it had mountaineer football players on the side. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I poured the whole ball of vodka in it and I filled the rest of it with the orange juice. And then I shotgunned it as quick as I could because I was trying to prove to my friends I was all man, basically. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And I was all man, all right. <laughs> uh, and, and I remember, amongst other things, beating the crap out of my buddy. Uh, and I remember dumping chips on the gr- on my rug at my apartment, this little ratty apartment I had. And I remember trying to clean them up with one of those push, uh, those little push vacuums that didn't have a motor. You know mm-hmm. what I'm talking like about? Like they just, have at restaurants? Yeah. Yeah, just smushing them more and more <laughs> to the ground. And then I remember violently throwing up, and I remember just dying. <laughs> and that was the first of many of those experiences I had in Huntington. Uh, but that was the very first. And I remember having the mother of all hangovers. It's probably the worst mm-hmm. I ever had, because it was the first I ever had. And, uh, and I remember making those silent s- secret deals you make when you're oh, yeah. never Just do get that me, again. I'll get me through this again. one and I'll never do it again. Yeah, that's right. And, but I lied to myself or the good mm-hmm. Lord or somebody and I've done it many times since. But I will say the best part of drinking when you're older is not having a massive hangover mm-hmm. uh, because you have enough common sense to either stop or you just have enough 
testicular fortitude to get over it, you know. Uh, but yeah, those early, those teenage drunks were always followed by a horrible, horrible hangover that left you powerless the next day. And so I never liked that. I could never be an alcoholic because I could never drink two days in a row ever under any circumstances. Uh, let's see. Graham Vebke asks, I just watched a show about West Virginia and recycled timber. I was informed how cabins and colonial homes were made with quality timber, which is hand cut. Do you yourself see any trends for people wanting to move away from modern homes and go back to cabin style living using hand cut materials or making it themselves from recycled timber and building materials? I don't see that as being a trend. And for one simple reason, the, the, the cost of heating and cooling a, a log house. If you ever lived in one of these things uh, there and I, or known people that have. Now, there are modern log homes, you know, and I say that in quotes where they're basically like they're not really log, but they look like they're log. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> but it's uh, a proper log house is difficult. I mean, it's there's big gaps in it, basically. Right. And so uh, it makes it difficult to to uh, heat and cool. I mean, it's just the way it is. If you've mm-hmm. ever slept in a log house, and I'm sure you have, but I have, uh, they do have a chill to them, you know, unless you get and, uh, uh, and so I, no, I don't see that as something that would be a trend. I don't think people, I love the look of a log house. Uh, but I mean, uh, there's only a few people that could really build them anymore. I don't think there's a ton of people that hand, like doing it like Graham said, like hand, hand cutting them. Well, I, I mean, I I've think, seen all I kinds of kids. People, yeah. There, there are people that make it their sort of hobby and their life's work to, you know, that they, they have this goal where they, you know, I, there's a show, this is UK based, but it's called grand designs and where people just like they, they read a whole bunch of books and they think that they can do it themselves. And sometimes they, they fail and sometimes they succeed. Uh, for me personally, I would not feel comfortable building a home on my own. I would, I don't feel comfortable doing anything on my own, um, related to construction, but, um, I think that, uh, and this goes into his next question. His next question, he says, in Australia, there's a bit of a tiny house and shipping container conversion fad happening because it's pitched as being more affordable. Is that also happening in the U.S. and specifically West Virginia as well? If it is, are there more motor homes than fixed smaller homes? Uh, Graham, we've been, uh, West Virginia has been famous for tiny houses for years and years and years, they're called trailers. Yeah, and we got a lot of them here. Yeah, and, and, or um, even some, or just or literally very small homes. There are tons of those that were just yeah. built that are like like a room or two. I mean, I right. lived in one. <laughs> right. Uh, so the you know there's the, these they're originally pitched mobile homes like as if you, you could move them from place to place. You know, when you wanted to move somewhere else. But the reality is is that these things were not constructed for more than one move, and they basically just fall into the ground. Uh, after although they do get move moved sometimes. I've Sometimes been involved in a mobile home movement one time, so it could happen. It's funny. He talked about the uh, shipping container, which I see a lot of that on the net. I've never seen that ever here, not once. I've never seen anyone around here. I've never seen anybody put one together, seen a news story, read an article. I think that's more of a coastal thing. West Virginia, and, and don't get me wrong, that would probably get over pretty well here, to be honest with you. But we don't have. We've got tons of housing. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's a, housing is not, not a problem. problem. Yeah. yeah, it's just um, if, if you affording the housing or wanting to live there, that's a problem. Right. I mean, you can get a double wide. You can get a used double wide for thirty grand all day long. You yeah. know, around here or cheaper, um, much cheaper. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, the the whole tiny house, like building a tiny house, you look at the tiny house shows on HGTV and they've got budgets of one hundred thousand dollars or two hundred thousand dollars. Those are those are not going to get over here in West Virginia. Uh, When you watch those shows on TV, 
those, I mean, if you look at where they're made, they're not made here. Because no. uh, just like those shows where they put like a couple, like a half a million dollars in a kitchen or whatever. I mean, I've routinely seen houses around here sell for seventeen grand. They're little right. dumps, but I mean, it's not cost effective. Even a shipping container to get it all spruced up. Now, I will say that a, a trend I had seen, I don't see it as much now, was taking those little houses you'd get at like Lowe's and stuff, the real small cabins and stuff, mm-hmm. and people and outfitting those to live in them. That is something that happened. Well, right that, I mean, so, that's almost like your. It's almost like the arcade. You know, you could conceivably, you know, split that in half and install plumbing in it and live in it. Yeah, because the arcade is not much smaller than Mud Mountain, right? Uh, yeah, at all. So yeah, but I mean, I, I don't see that more trendy shipping containers or the hand cut log cabins. I mean, that sounds great, but realistically, it's not something right here that people are gonna uh, can afford. Yeah, yeah. Um, HSI asks: Back in the wrestling territory days, did you prefer watching any territory or promotion over the others? And if so, which one and why? Oh God, who's this from? The HSI. Okay, HSI. Good question, my friend. I was an NWA guy back in the day, specifically Back's Georgia Street, Championship. NWA. No, that's that. Well, that was that's where he worked. But yeah, uh, I I, uh, I liked uh, Georgia Championship Wrestling, the Mid Atlantic region, because of course that's where I was at. And the WWF was sort of the funny, idiotic joke promotion that was up the, that was up in the north. Uh, I also liked World Class Championship Wrestling, which I watched out of Texas. I watched I watched a lot of that uh, back in the day as well. Uh, though, so, I, but I would say without a doubt, my favorite promotion was the the NWA uh, six hundred five TBS shows that uh, that had uh, David Crockett, Tony Schiavone uh, of the of the eighties. That that's the best wrestling I, I, that I've probably ever seen uh, from back then. There you go. Um, and I, I, I cannot comment because I was not a wrestling territory guy. Boat likes garbage. So I Boat like would garbage. probably have loved the WWF. What, 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 what territory was Zeus in? That was WWF. <laughs> they had, they had, they had the voodoo guy. They had the zoo. They had all the, where all the freakos, they had the plumbers and the, and the uh, hockey goons. Yeah. I mostly like, I mostly like, um, like vocation based wrestling. Like if you got a trash man wrestler, they had one, they had one. Yeah. Duke the drumster Drosy. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. that's that's really the, the what what I go for in wrestling. Yeah, um, Pixels at Dawn asks if you had to live anywhere else in the U.S. other than West Virginia, where would it be? Go ahead, boat. I think that like, I've got like a romantic answer, and then I've got a um, sort of more realistic answer. Um, my romantic answer is I'd love to move out west to California and live in Pebble Beach. Uh, it's beautiful out there, you know, right on the coast and everything. Um, but I mean, I'd never be able to do that because it's it's just so expensive. And I mean, yeah, there's no reason for me to go out there. But if I could live anywhere, no strings attached, it would probably be there. Uh, realistically, if I were forced to move away from West Virginia, I'd probably go back to the D.C. area because that's where I'm most familiar with. That's where I lived right out of college. Uh, I find that D.C. has a good mix between sort of the... Um, uh, you know, there it's it's not huge. You know, it's not like New York or Chicago. I can get around D.C. and understand it. Uh, you can drive like 45 minutes and be well, not anymore. Now you probably have to drive over an hour to get out of the city. But um, you, there's tons of uh, there's tons of outdoor type things. So it's sort of like West Virginia. In fact, it's close to West Virginia in that regard. Uh, and um, there's there's tons of opportunities, especially for EAP. You know, the Thai community is just so much bigger in D.C. than it is uh, in West Virginia. So it'd probably be the D.C. metro area. 
You couldn't. You couldn't. They'd have to drag me to DC under, uh, like, with a with a pitchfork, where I'd move out to that place. That I love DC. The roads up there. There, that's insane. They've got those merging lanes. I hate that. They're so hard to get in. <laughs> You're telling me oh, I could get in that DC for me? No, no way. I don't. I'm not buying it. I, I'm not. I would not move up there. Okay. If I had my choice, you know, it's a tough choice. And, and anywhere I move, it's going to be a place I never lived. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So you can't really say for sure. Oh, I'd love it or I'd hate it or whatever. But if I had to pick somewhere, it'd be some kind of quiet, non-tourismy coastal community. It's probably where I would go, and it would be further south mm-hmm. because I just can't take the cold. Uh, but yeah. I walked outside yesterday, and I was like, what? Here we go. It's over. The dream is dead because it was like 35 degrees last night. I was like, that stinks. <laughs> yeah, you know? it's, so it's it, over. I can't do any more cold. I'm not. I won't. So mm. I'm probably somewhere in like the coast of like, say, South Carolina, North Carolina. I probably I don't I'm not a fan of Florida. So I probably wouldn't go that far south. But uh, somewhere, probably South Carolina, one of the little coastal communities where I could just kind of like be near the ocean. That'd be nice. But also just somewhere nice and quiet. You know? Yeah, I understand. Although West Virginia, as much as we badmouth it, it's awful pretty and it's yeah. awful empty. Well, here's the awful, thing, man. You know, like I could literally live wherever I wanted to. Like I've got nothing that is fixed to me here. I've got enough years experience teaching and a CV that it would allow me to teach anywhere in the States. I yeah. want to live here. I like West Virginia. It's well, you, a good place also, to live. You, you're not right. You're completely, you can't just go wherever you want. Because the Amigos, everything Amiga podcast demands that you stay right where you're at. There, You can't leave. That's okay. not going to happen. That's true. I forgot about that. Um, Pixels also asks, if you had to live anywhere in the world other than the U.S., where would it be? We had this one a while back. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think where I said I would go. You can pick a new answer this time. I will. That's what I do. The good thing about having no good memories, like I can't remember what I said last time, and I'm sure I had my reasons. Anywhere in the world that I could go, you know what? I'll tell you something. Uh, I, I, the only thing that's key, that scares me is that weather. But the the, the Scandinavian countries are looking pretty good these days of uh, boasters. If you don't uh, like cold, how are you going to live in a Scandinavian country? Here's my plan. I'm I'm assuming that quality of life and people niceness will make up for my begging to die from from cold. So I'm just going to get me one of those big... Because when you live that far north, you can go all in on the cold and get away with wearing one of those like big fur coats mm-hmm. with like a Russian guy hat. You yeah. know what I'm saying? And those I are think common. I could, I could pull off the Russian guy hat, I think. Oh, so undoubtedly. I, yeah. You, so what you do is you, you you combine that with the Jeff Lynn wig, and then you're, then you're on to something. Mm-hmm, indeed. I thought about wearing that permanently. I'll be honest with you. <laughs> um. I think for me, the uh, last time I said this, I said I'd want to live in the south of France because that's like the, my my favorite place I've ever visited. But more and more, um, I am probably drawn more towards living somewhere in continental Europe, um, up north, maybe somewhere like Denmark or the Netherlands. See, where, there, we could get a we could get a room up there, man. Yeah, I don't think I could. Li- I don't think I could do it. I'm sorry. Uh, Norwegian contingent. I don't think that I could deal with the amount of lack of sunlight that you guys get in the winter months. Uh, that way, I think that would that would bother me. That's um, the drinking time. That's yeah. you- <laughs> but I think somewhere, you know, uh, you know, like I said, even Germany, um, you know, somewhere, almost everybody could speak English. You know, of course, I'd be motivated, hopefully, to learn whatever language I'd end up in. But um, but it would be uh, I think that I, I'd enjoy living that sort of continental lifestyle. Uh, everything, you know, 
when I've been over there, I've had a good time. Everybody seems real laid back. It seems very safe, which is something that, um, you know, dissuades me from wanting to move back to the UK because I never felt safe in the UK. Sorry, UK people. Um, but, um, but the, uh, but yeah, continental Europe, um, I Even, think New Zealand would be cool too, Bode. Yeah, that yeah. seems like a pretty, and it's also it's a small country, so like it would be cool to be in like a smaller country. I've mm-hmm. had enough of being in the big. I don't like the fact that our country's got so much jack and influence over the world. It makes me feel bad a lot. Yeah, when we I do agree. stupid crap, and so I, agree. I don't like that. You know what I'm saying? I'd like to. I would just want to. I want someone that I could just. I want to badmouth the big guy. I don't want to. You know, have to deal with that. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Okay. Simulant asks, "How have the Daniel Craig Bond films gone down with you so far? They seem to start slow, but are now really exciting." Well, um, yeah. <laughs> well, I'll tell you, you realize- Daniel Craig. <laughs> Daniel Craig started off. I'll. I'll. I didn't necessarily like. I liked Casino Royale. All right. Uh, but I didn't necessarily think it was a great Bond film. All right. Mm. I thought it was an interesting film, but there, I like I like more Q stuff and stuff like that. So I thought Casino Royale, and also Casino Royale went on too long. Mm. And then the second film, Quantum of Solace, was crap. It mm. was crap. Didn't like any of that. Now, the third film, Skyfall, was great. Great. One of the all-time great Bond movies. So Bond is a lot like Doctor Who. The the guy who plays the role is less important than the people writing the show. You know what I'm saying? And so, like, for example, I haven't hated any of the Doctor Whos that they've had recently. I just don't like the scripts. You know, if you've got dud scripts, it, it sucks, you know? So what about you? Um, have, I, I haven't seen any of them. Uh, the only Bond movie I that, saw yeah. was the one where he raped the girl in the uh, in the hayfield. Um, you know, you the, just can't let that go, can you? I mean, it was, also, it was a barn, by the way. It was that was Goldfinger, yeah. Which um, basically, that's one of the all-time most popular Bond movies. Which might be why I haven't watched any of the other ones. Well, but have they? Have they? Th- turned, this was a different era too. Have they turned the wacky meter back up with Daniel Craig? I mean, you said it started oh, out no. really no, hard. It's, it's still the wacky meter has real. been turned off and thrown out. Mm. Yeah, it's not the least bit wacky. Trust me, Roger Moore is nowhere near these movies. Um. Yeah, I, uh, you know, at some point, I'm sure that I'll watch, uh, you know, Skyfall, since you speak so highly of it, I'll probably check that one out next. Yeah, it was good. And, the bad guy um, in that was top shelf. If you've ever Eep seen is, No Country for Old Men, it's the same guy that was in that. And he was great. He was. I didn't like that movie that much, but he was good in that, too. Eep is all about action movies. And so that's usually what we watch. Have you showed watch Have you showed Eep um, uh, any of the Crank films? No, those are, I think, too violent for me. Crank? Isn't Crank like super ultra bloody violent? No, or Machete. Those are they're dopey. They're they're funny violence. They're not. Come on, they're they're good humored violence. You know? Okay, uh, no, but to answer your question, no, I have not shown her those. Show her Army of Darkness. That's a that's okay. another one. I've been that's another great one. <laughs> Chris Folds asks, "Do you have retirement dreams like living on a boat, moving to another country, stuff like that?" No, because I don't think I'll ever retire. Uh, because I don't think we'll have the ability to retire. So mm-hmm. I mean, I'm I'm trying to be realistic about it. Uh, uh, I'm at a job now where I could kind of get through and even do it when I get really old. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, as long as I can keep driving, you know, and keep being all burly and looking mean, I think I can yeah. do it. But uh, uh, Kentucky's retirement plan is one of the worst. Our our, our Kentucky's financially is a disaster. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's a California level disaster. And so 
I don't think they're going to ever get their crap together, to be honest with you. And so, and, and as a nation, America is so far in the, in the red right now that I don't think we're going to have any, I, I would be surprised if we still have any money left to give us when we get old. But what do you think? I agree with you a hundred percent. Uh, you know, we, I try and stash away, uh, as much as I can at the end of the month, but in terms of us being able to rely on social security by the time that we get to 65, I have, I have no illusions that that money is going to be there at all. And, uh, just like you, uh, a big part of me, um, staying with this job, you know, that I have right now is that I can do this job until I'm well past retirement age. And I'm hopeful that by the time I can't do the job anymore, I'll just be so sick that I'll just die. Yeah. And, uh, and, and then, then that'll be it. Yeah. I just, you know, cause I just, you know, my, my biggest fear these days is just wasting away in a nursing home. You know, yeah. it's this, that's no way to go out. So I, uh, you know, it's funny. I've never, ever thought about retirement and like, it's never even come on my radar. Mm-hmm. Never once thought about it. Like I know people that are, I mean, when I, I take that back, when I worked for IBM, I thought, Hey, I can retire from here and I'll be good to go. But that was so long ago that it, that's long gone. I, I had no and I can't stash money away. Like I don't have a savings. I mean, I, cause I mean, we're living We're it's, it's, uh, it's paycheck to paycheck with a little, I mean, there's a little cushion, but it's not like, I mean, uh, it's nothing I could save up for like a rainy day. You know, I've got assets, so I, I, I can liquidate things, but that's about it. Uh, so it, it is what it is, but that, that's the, that is living in America in 2020. If you don't get the right breaks or you don't have the right education, you're pretty much boned. Now, and to answer Chris's question, you know, do you have retirement dreams? So if I were to like think about what I'd like to do in retirement, if I could retire, then yeah, like I'd love to move to a different country and teach. I'd still teach, though. Like I can't foresee a future for me where I'm not teaching. Like it might just be like one class a day where I just wander in and, and, and teach like a band class or teach private lessons or something. But I just, I can't imagine not teaching. It's too much a part of, of what I am, but I would love to not be shackled to it and teach six classes a day and do cafeteria duty and do all the other stuff that isn't so great about it. I, I do get worried about not having something to do because I, I don't do well when that happens, you know? So one, I, I don't know what I, you know, retirement, I, I say this with all honesty, but I see me and Chad and Matt and maybe Uncle Larry and a few other guys. I'll probably live with all these guys dormitory style mm-hmm. taking care of each other because we because otherwise we'll be screwed. I, that's right. I, mean, I can legitimately see that. I'm sure, not necessarily. Sure. What that. And that's not. Well, I mean, that's definitely not the worst case scenario. Not even it's by not a long good. shot. Listen, Living man. with Uncle Larry and Chad in the same <laughs> roof, it's not good. <laughs> well, you got to get Dale in there. I guess Dale's married. Dale's so, got a family. Yeah. He's in yeah. good shape. It's, it's, but I mean, there's some of us just like, you know, it, it, I'm telling you, there's a new dawn in America for people that are people that are getting older. Like the days of working a job for 35 years and retiring, they're gone. That's hardly anybody I know that have been able to do that. You know, it's a new era, and the new era is everyone's screwed because there's no one's got no money. You know, at mm-hmm. least around here, people I know. So you know, there you go. Yeah, depressing, uh, boat. Let's move on. Yeah, uh, Paul, aka Hermsky, says, "What's the most wacky thing someone has argued with you about?" You got a thought on that? Oh yeah, I mean, so it, it just over the course of this show, just the people that argue about FPGAs versus emulation, just totally useless. Um, people that argue about the relative merits 
of, you know, this box with wires sticking out of the back versus this one and like staking there. This is the hill that they're going to die on. You know, like I don't I don't have a problem with like having a discussion about classic computers or classic games. But when people get so passionate about it that it evolves into personal attacks, it's like, what are you doing? What have you spent your life doing that you're defending this plastic box with a keyboard on it that shows you pictures on a screen that triggers the emotion in your brain that makes you feel happy? This is what you this is what this is the hill you're going to die on. I don't. Unless I think it's wacky as much as it is sort of, listen, it's a sign of the times. That It's not just FP, it's anything. Any argument you have, people have taken up a uh, uh, an online mentality, a flame war mentality when it comes to like lobbying their position. Uh, and so everyone wants to fight about everything and they get nasty. Things have gotten very nasty. Uh, in terms of wacky arguments... Which is sort of I mean, the, the, it's hard. Yeah, it, it's it's hard for me because like I love wacky arguments, so maybe I I approach that that question totally wrong. Um, I don't know wacky things that you, I'm trying to think of wacky things that you've argued with me about. I don't know because I don't know. You got anything? Well, I have had fights over the years with uh, with people about uh, the different Star Trek shows. Those are pretty wacky arguments where you get into that. Uh, you know which one's better. I've had wacky arguments about who, what, which battleships would win in a fight. Say the uh, Babylon Five ships versus Star Wars ships. So those I are love the, those arguments, but at though. least those are fun arguments. Right? You know? Right. The arguments you were talking about, I don't consider that wacky because it's just it, it's it's sort of you know the more that we the more FPJs and stuff come out and 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 vampires and also the jive. I just look around. I just like the, we were just talking about the new. Uh, raspberry pi gimmick the thing that's built into a keyboard you know mm-hmm. yeah. and listen it's funny when this stuff comes out i see this stuff come up all the time all right on my youtube all the time all these different little computers and all this jazz and my first thought is inherently is like i gotta get that you know and then i take a step back and i'm like do i need that what would i do with that why would i need that and I look around, and there's so much stuff available, and more coming, and there's so much stuff. I wonder. I suspect that we're, that we're getting ready to near burnout levels on some of this stuff. It reminds me of my buddies always used to tell me, "You're gonna put ma'am on the coffee maker. You're gonna put ma'am on the refrigerator. You're gonna put ma'am on the toaster." You know, because there was a time where I was putting the ma'am on everything. I had front ends on everything, so I could play video games. And after a while, I just stopped because they were right. It was stupid. And so I suspect that we're nearing that. I mean, I think I, I wonder how much longer we're going to go. And, I, I, and along those lines, I wonder how much more those fights are going to continue because the fights are those fights are stupid. And they're basically for people that are real passionate about one side or the other. And I wonder how much longer that passion is going to be held up at that level. I think we're, I think that's all going to get watered down to the point where those arguments are going to slowly go away. Yeah. Uh, Paul also asks, what fashion trend makes you cringe or laugh every time you see it? I don't know. I've seen some pretty bad fashion over the years. Uh, cringe. I'll tell you what I hate. What are those shoes? Crocs. Those real stupid looking shoes I, I see people you, wearing. I've seen you wear Crocs like multiple times. I don't have a pair of Crocs. You've yeah, never you do. seen me. No, you, I don't. I don't you, have a pair of those. Those rubber shoes with yeah. the holes in them. I don't have any of those. I swear that you've worn no, those to my house. No, that's before. an insult to me. I've never worn those in my life. Don't you have a pair of rubber shoes that are blue? No, I don't have okay. any rubber shoes. I've never okay. worn rubber I guess, shoes. I guess I'm wrong about that. 
Oh, you absolutely are. Um, <clears throat> so I would say I hate those. I was watching, you know, Granny watches this show called Flea Market Flip. Oh, it's the worst. Right. Well, I like the old show, the Flea Market show, but they're all crap. And I watched the chicken that was just real hot blonde. And she had on Daisy Duke shorts, you know, which that's fine. Mm -hmm. Great legs, whole nine yards, tan. But you had it was that deal where she had the pockets hanging out the bottom, you know. Mm -hmm. That I always thought that looked real tacky. I don't like yeah. that. It's what I mean. You're a hot chick. I get it. The shorts are short. We don't need to see the white inner, you know, the inner pockets hanging out the bottom. Get that out mm -hmm. of there. So there's that. What about you? Um, I'd say uh, people that wear pajama pants out and about as they're doing their daily business. Yes, that's another one. Yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I don't care for that. Or slippers, like like mm -hmm. bedroom slippers, like fuzzy slippers, like Walmart and stuff. Right. Have a right. little. I never thought I'd say this, but have a little dignity about your appearance. <laughs> when I'm telling you that, you've really hit rock bottom. <laughs> um, Lord Soup asks to each of you, what game, series, or franchise would you like to manage development for? Improving it or tailoring it to more to your wants? You have, you have a thought on that? I'd want to take over the Star Citizen project, and I would write that ship. Man, you better get ready for a lot of flames on that. Yeah. <laughs> Holy God! I figure you might as well you might as well shoot community. for the stars. Um, you know, they, they've got so much money they can, I mean, I don't know what's going on over there. It's a, it's a, it's a black box over there, but I, that game in my mind, I have ideas on how you could turn that game to be the most fantastic game ever made. But again, that's the promise of star citizen. The promise is what people are buying into. They're buying into, this is going to answer all, this is going to scratch every itch I've ever had about any space game from all the times. And of course it's not going to, people are set up, they're setting themselves up to be disappointed, yeah. but I would love to have the chance to run that ship. Even if I ran it into the ground. I, uh, do you remember that game? Uh, I can't, I get them confused. One was Call of Duty, and what was the other one that was like that? Uh, the one that had the D-Day invasion. You played it when you come out of the ocean and all stuff. Yeah, I, I think like that's to, Call of Duty, right? I would like to take that over. Medal of Honor, Medal of Honor. Oh, I, I think Call of Duty is what I pull. I don't know, okay. man, it doesn't matter. Either one. I'd like to take that over and then implement actual wartime events and actual like make it as realistic as possible for the first and second war mm -hmm. like I, I, so people could experience the absolute horror and suckery of that those wars uh uh i mean listen i know and <laughs> this isn't my usual fare i'm not sitting sit here saying that like all these games glorify war or whatever but i don't think people realize how god awful that war actually is when they play these games <laughs> probably you know what not. i'm saying probably you not. know if you study stuff like uh uh uh, the gassing of of trenches and all and the living in the mud and the, and and dysentery and all the death from World War One. So I mean, I like to see that implemented into like more than just a war game. It'd be like an overarching like a story game, like know? Wings. Well, it, it'd be like Wings, except even Wings, you're not you're not in the trenches. You know, you're right? Well, here's over. the problem. You know, when you're in the trenches and you get shot in real war, it's game over. Well, you know? I, that's where the Wings aspect would come in. Mm -hmm. You could take, you could have another guy sort of take over the helm there, because mm -hmm. that's one thing Wings does that I like, because you get to experience the war and the horror of it, even if you get killed, because no one is going to. The very few people just start beginning the war and just and then and then uh, jitterbug their way through it and got the right. other side. I mean, it's, you know, it's brutal, you mm -hmm. know? And so I would like to see some real realistic, you know, adventure elements to that. There you mm -hmm. go. There's one I do. Okay. 
Um, Paul asks, what movie from the past would you like to see remade and brought into the new era? I'll answer this one. None. No more. No more remakes. Well, there's always there. I always get mad that they don't remake movies that sucked to make them better because they sucked. You know what I mean? They so surely they could do better. You know, like what? I'm trying to think of a movie that I thought sucked. It had, but it had unlimited potential. I'll tell you. Here's one. I've been watching a lot of old kids in the hall videos this past couple weeks to lighten my spirits because I thought those guys were funny. Mm-hmm. They did a movie called Brain Candy. Okay, mm-hmm. they did a. It was a full length feature film. Okay, well, it sucked, and I mean, they even thought it sucked. It was not good. I would like to say, but the concept was interesting. But I like, I'd like to see that movie remade and not sucked with like better gags and more funny stuff in it. Mm. So, yeah, I just like can't. I, I think you know all the Come movies. Luke, sorry, my son just got home. <laughs> I think all the movies that I like, I don't want to see remade. And then all the movies that I hate, I don't want to see remade because I hated the movie. Hey, Luke. <laughs> so, um, Jerry D asks, what are your favorite Halloween movies? Let's see. My favorite Halloween movies. Um, I love uh, the uh, Legend of Sleepy Hollow Disney animated film. I like that I one too. I love that. Yeah. We watch that every year. Uh, and so that would be at the top of the list. You know, I'm not a huge horror fan, to be honest with you, but I do like what I like. Um, uh, what do you got right off the top of your head? Maybe all some will come to me. Ernest Scared Stupid. Oh God, that was horrible. <laughs> I've seen that, by the way. Sadly. Oh, I've seen it too. It's not good. Ernest Goes to Camp is way better. Yeah, it is. I agree. Yeah. Um, I, you know, I, I'm trying to think, uh, you know, uh, it's the Great Pumpkin, Charlie Brown. That's yeah. That's a Halloween. We watch movie. that one every year. Yeah. it's another. One I, I don't. I, I, I horror is my least favorite genre. Yeah, so it's hard for me to pick. But I do like the Disney Legend of Sleepy Hollow. That's yeah. very good. Let's go with that one. Okay. That was great. Yeah. Uh, do you like Rich the Richard Gere movie, The Mothman Prophecies? I do. I did like that. I'll also mention that some of the props from that movie are on display at the Mothman Museum. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so that's kind of neat. I remember. Although, it oh, wasn't filmed in Huntington. Or in Point Pleasant? No, or yeah, excuse me, Point Pleasant. It was filmed in Pittsburgh, I believe, is where they filmed yeah, most of when it. Yeah, when that movie came out, I was in school in Athens, and I drove down to Point Pleasant because it's a short drive, and I was looking, like, I was just driving around the town trying to find the streets that were in the movie, and it wasn't until after I got back I realized it not actually filmed in, in, in Point Pleasant. So. Yeah, it is a bummer. but I, and, and I will say, that, that book, if you've ever read that book, it's uh, an odd book. Mm. And I wouldn't say that the movie would follow necessarily the events of what happened, but it did capture the weirdness mm-hmm. of the events. And so that's, I always thought that was kind of neat. Uh, I, I, I've only seen it once, I think, but I kind of dug it. So yeah, I don't yeah. have a problem with it. Yeah, I only saw it once, but I still remember it. You know, yeah. it, was pretty, it was pretty good. It did a good job of setting the vibe. Yeah, very atmospheric. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Bundy asks, where is the best place you have visited? Like ever? Yeah. Oh, geez. What do you think? Um, that's a really hard question to answer. Really You've hard. You've been everywhere. I haven't yeah. been that many places. I, so I, I mean, all. it's like the the place where I really felt like, man, I never want to leave was when I was in the south of France. Because the climate was perfect. Everybody was super friendly. There was the ocean right there. It was it was, it was was great. But, I mean, I've been lots of places where, like, I really, like, the first year at Amiga Ireland uh, was, was an amazing time. Um I, I loved places that I went in Korea, but I'm going to have to go with the South France. This is generic, uh, but 
uh, I, you know, when we were down, and this, I'm not, I don't know what place is the best I've ever been. That's a tough question, but uh, the place I felt most relaxed and like was enjoying myself was when we were down to Carolina Beach. It was I liked being able to walk through all the stuff. I thought that was fun. Being like within spinning distance of the ocean was fun, and I like the kind of sandy atmosphere. I, I like that stuff. I thought that mm-hmm. was a lot of fun. It was relaxing. I liked the ability just to go to the beach where I wanted, which was nice. So that's that was that was pretty cool. I will say I had to say it since it's fresh in my mind. I also loved the time I spent up in the cabin at Blackwater Falls. That was super nice and and chill. Mm-hmm. You know, I could see myself being cool with that. That's yeah. a, it was a pretty chill atmosphere up there. You, you, I could be you know, since that. since Rob's in the chat and he's crossing his fingers for Oklahoma, I will say that I did enjoy my visit very much. Uh, when uh, when I went to see my brother and Rob in Oklahoma City, uh, it was a really cool town. Uh, we went out on a charred sailboat, which was a lot of fun. Uh, we ate dinner with Rob and his wife, and uh, and uh, I'm less sold on it uh, as a future place of moving after seeing the ice storm that just rolled through. And my, I think my brother still does not have power. So, uh, so I'm less sold on there as a future living location, but yeah, I will definitely be back to Oklahoma city. No question. My coworker lived in Oklahoma for a long time and he despises it. He tells me, he, one of the things he always tells me is like, look how green it is outside. Look, there's water coming from the sky. Look, you can open your car door without the wind blowing the car door out of your hand. <laughs> you know, there's plenty. He hated Oklahoma. He always reminds me how much he likes Kentucky. Uh, let's see. Paul asks, what would you place inside room 101? I never saw that movie. Uh, so this is a, uh, um, 1984 reference. I don't know. Uh, I don't... room, room 101 is like the, it's the, uh, ultimate, what's your ultimate torture? Like, what is the thing you're most afraid of? Well, torture is right up there. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's right up the top of the list. So I would probably say that. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I agree with you. I would listen, put some so... kind of like saw like torture device in inside that, that something happening to my boy that's at the top of the list too and uh, mm-hmm. that would be i couldn't live with that yeah you know so that's that's something i'll think about and that's always on my mind mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh simulan asks in the in yorkshire uk we have a magazine called a up magazine have you guys any idea what popular magazine this translates from yorkshire dialect into i.e what is its name and other places it's called a up a Y dash up. I don't know. Is it like cheers? Maybe I've got nothing. I have yeah, no idea. I don't know that one. Yeah. Uh, Ricky Drosher asks, what's a game that you originally hated or thought that was dumb, but have since revisited and found out you actually enjoy it. What do you got? Most of the time, if I turn a game off, I don't turn it back on. Um, it's, it's very, very rare for me to come back to a game and see something in it that I didn't see the first time. And that's even after giving games multiple chances. Like Super Frog, still a garbage game. Like, it doesn't matter how many times I try and get myself into it. After all the people that love it, it's still not a very good platform. Um, just looking around. Um, oh, you know, actually, maybe the... Um, Bubble Bobble was a game that I, 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 because of the high score challenge, I, I, I have a bigger appreciation for that now than I did before because I understand its mechanics a little bit more. So maybe Bubble Bobble just as a result of the Amigos high score challenge. I've cited these before, but I'm going to use them again because it's true. Uh, Dragster is one. Oh, yeah. And then uh, uh, John uh, just missing that in the chat, too. Yeah. And but see, I, I never got to the point where I turned because you probably did you play it back in the day and turn yeah. it off. Okay, yeah, yeah. absolutely. 
Um, another one is uh, um, uh, let me think here. Uh, Manic Miner uh, is another one that I didn't like at all, but I, I under I, once I understood once I understood it, I I loved it. You know, I, that's a generic answer, but it's true. It's because I you have to get yourself in the mindset of someone who's this is their game for the month, and you just have to play it and just keep playing it. Put your head down and just keep going forward. Uh, and I, I and when you get those small victories in that, you feel so much better about yourself <laughs> because it's such such a difficult game. So those are the those are the two that come up. Jet Set Willie really uh, uh, along the same lines. So the, that that game in particular, I like it more than Manic Miners. So I would say Jet Set Willie. So there you go. Okay. okay. Lord Soup asks, how quickly should Julian Gollop port his early strategy games to the Specky Next? Pretty them up and tack them on the expansions and take my money. Well, Chaos would be, you know, the, the, he's already sort of done that, though, with Chaos on Steam, which is a great game that he had a hand in, and it's fun. And he it's a natural progression of, of Chaos. Mm-hmm. So, I don't, I mean, he could I, sort of port that to the next, but I mean, well, it's no, I think Well, no, I, I think you'd, you'd be better off porting the original Chaos to the next and just prettying it up a little bit, you know, Well, I mean, you the, could, but I'm saying it's, you could do that, but I'm saying what's what he's done on Steam is sort of the natural progression of what you would have done, I think. Uh, uh, his other games, Lords of Chaos uh, and uh, XCOM, and what was the one we just did? Uh, 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 Laser Squad. Uh, right. Mm-hmm. Um, really, any of those, I wouldn't release any of those on the next, uh, to be honest. I don't, well, what's he going to do to them? You know, I don't Well, know. Here's, the, here's the thing. The next is desperate for software. Okay, you've is got it? people that are that have just shelled out tons and tons of money. Yeah. It's like every console, you know. It's like the freaking CD thirty two. You know, people bought whatever crap was released for that thing because they bought the console and they needed something to play with it. And so it's the same thing with the next. Now I'm not saying that the next is a crap console like the CD thirty two. Well, I'm CD32 saying it wasn't crap either. It's just the no. software was crap. And so the um, but you know if if he wants an instant paycheck. You know, use some of the color, you know, the the sort of like, uh, you know, artificial color, like shading things that the next can do. Basically release the same game. You don't have to make major changes to it. Um, and people would love it. They love it. I just don't know. How, you know. And I've heard this. Of course, you mentioned this about the next community. And they get these little squabbles. The problem with a, a project like that is you're talking. I don't know how many. I can't remember how many of these they sold on the original run and how many they sold on this last run. But let's just for fun. Let's say they've sold. Uh, 10,000 units, okay, which I don't think they sold that many, but let's say they have. 10,000 units, it's hard to say, okay, it's time for me to make programs to sell, because how much money are you going to make? You're just not going to make that much money. And so if you want it to be worth your time, you're, you know, it's going to be difficult. Well, okay, here's here's the thing. I wonder how many copies of Chaos Reborn Julian sold on Steam. I wonder if he sold 10,000 copies. Because, again, the next user base is so desperate for next specific software. And these are people that have already shelled out big bucks. It's it's sort of like Mac stuff. Like the reason why Mac software people love developing for the Mac is because people shell out big bucks for these computers. They've got more big bucks to shell out for the software. You know, the thing, so the, the thing with Steam, though, it's the potential you, your potential buyers is much much larger. Oh sure, yeah, and, and you're also no your platform that. is much more uh, accepted. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, um, and this was a hey, listen, this has been talked about ad nauseum on the next forums. I mean, just because you've updated this thing, and I, I get what you're saying, he could make very minor changes 
and release this as you know chaos next. Uh, but I also, I'd wager this guy being such a, a, a renowned guy, if he's still in this business, he's probably doing something for so, like a bigger company too, as opposed to just like. So, but I could be wrong, you know. Hey, listen, if he can, if he can sh- knock out a quick, a quick uh, version of Chaos for the next, great. But I, I'll, it's funny when I get the ability to play next games, I am sort of interested in see what's out there because I haven't heard a ton about any killer apps that have been released for it. So it'll be interesting mm-hmm. to see. I've heard like one or two, and that's it. So, uh, Paul asks, given the cha- the task to buy a Halloween costume for each other, what would you purchase and why? Looking at you, Boat. Let me think here for a second. Because you, you know, on our Halloween episode, no one wore their costumes. Well, Brent was dressed as himself. <laughs> that that his uh, uh, what's it called? That thing, the notorious the, uh, B-A-D, initial, yeah, initial yeah. BAD, right? And you had your costume on before the show started, but it was too hot, and you took it off. Yeah. And so I was the only one in costume uh, this year. So I guess if I was going to put you in a costume, I would like to see you in full drag. I think that's what I'd like to see. Okay. I think you'd make a, a, a fetching woman. Uh, and, uh, so I would go down that road. Okay. I would like to see you dressed as Dizzy, the wonder egg. That would be a tough cost to pull off. Really? Well, it wouldn't really be. I mean, you just have to be nude and you just paint your body white. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. Well, I don't think anybody wants to see that. (laughs) <laughs> I had a Tarzan and the Ape Man flashback, and also a flashback to uh, what was that movie with Daryl Hannah? I got that treatment, uh, K- the Clan of the Cave Bear. Mm. There you go. Uh, let's see. Chris Folds asks, "What TV game show, past or present, would you most like to be a contestant on?" TV game show, past or present? What What do you got? Uh, I'd love to be on the old Name That Tune. You'd get killed on there. Oh, I know I would. Because I mean, unless they they're... updated the music, because that music's like, <laughs> those things were standards in like the 60s, 50s, and 70s. I watch that now. I'm like, what in God's name is that? And I, I knew some of those. Mm. I would say if I was going to be on a game show uh, from back in those days, gosh, I watched a ton of game shows and I, I never really thought about being on one. I would probably want to be on like, uh, well, I'd want to be on something that was had cool celebrities, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I would probably want to be on, oh, a twenty thousand dollar pyramid. How about that? Dick oh Clark's yeah, pyramid. That had, actually, that I feel like we, I feel like we, we'd be a pretty good team on that actually, because that was a team game, right? But you had one celebrity with you. Well, I'd be the celebrity, of course. No. Oh, now you're a celebrity. Gotcha. Look, look at me. You man. get on Retro Hour one time and look you at your head. You see these LED lights behind me? You oh, think, you think I, I didn't realize that's what the symbolism was. I understand. <laughs> um, Simulan asks, back in the day, uh, what was your favorite old school Amiga magazine? Any standout or memorable cover discs or articles? Uh, my favorite was it was definitely British. Uh, probably Amiga format, I'd say. Um, cover discs. I do seem to recall the cover disc. I think they did a demo of like Street Fighter. I was pretty excited about that until I played it. Uh, <laughs> the problem is all those all those demo discs were in PAL, and so I was I knew I was gonna it was gonna be a two thirds of the fun that everyone else was getting because I could only see that much of the screen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, but yeah, I, Amiga Format, Amiga Power, those two were the awesome ones. The uh, America's Amiga Magazine's blue. They weren't game centric. They tried to be. They tried to talk about productivity software and crack applications. I didn't care about that. See, it's funny because we've been sent uh, a bunch of old Amiga magazines over the years, and 
um, I have uh, used uh, my time to peruse them. Uh, these days, I'm into reading, you know, these old magazines. And I've got to say, man, they're hard to get through. They're written with so much tood and so much 90s British slang. It's just like, you know, sometimes I think like slang is kind of cute. But it's just it's really has not aged well. And a lot of the articles are pretty heavily misogynist and like just not something that I really enjoy reading. I actually do prefer in my older age reading the more, uh, you know, utility programming side of things uh, or at least. And it's not so much because of the content. It's because they were written for an older audience. It's clear that these these magazines were written for your your nine to 14 year old boy. That's that was their target audience. And and it's just. And that's just not not it's not me anymore. It's not something that I enjoy digging into. Um, one thing I really appreciate about Antic, the Atari 8-bit magazine, is it's a good balance of gaming, utilities, programming. And it's written at a level that, you know, we've talked about before. I think your average computer user in America was about 10 years older than your average computer user in England or in, in Europe. And um, and it's, 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 it's apparent from the way that the, the magazines are written. Well, you're, you're not wrong. If, if, and if you go pick up an old episode of uh, an old issue of EGM, for example, they're very similar in the fact that they're oh, yeah. written by idiots for idiots. Right. And yep. it's funny because I think, you know, what I grew up, let's, I'm going to use ESPN as an example, our sports network. I used to grow mm-hmm. up and they would cover sports in a certain way. Here's mm-hmm. what happened. Here's the game. Here's what happened. Here's who did well. Here's who had trouble. That's the game. That was now. Our sports coverage, and to a certain extent, our news coverage is like those magazines. Yeah, super slanted, lots of slangy, lots of cool guy talk, mm-hmm. lots of cool man stuff. I blame uh, Boomer for that. Much these other guys who just who they they couldn't just call the sports. They had to be all. They had to be co stars of the sports. They had to give everything attitude and stuff. And you're right. But the the reason I like the British mags is number one, they were thick, and number two, they that was what we had. Yeah, because the, the American magazines I had. For the Amiga, we had Amiga magazine, which it didn't. It, it covered some games. I was all about games, so I didn't mm-hmm. care about anything else. And so you'd get a tiny little bit of games coverage. But you're right. I mean, when you read, it's a lot like the paranormal books. This was crap written by uh, goofs to appeal to other goofs. You know, it's a little bit wacky to read now, but I still enjoy the coverage just because they're talking about classic games. But yeah, it's not what I would call the pinnacle of writing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see here. HSI asks, did having non-MS-DOS machines ever make you feel left out of anything gaming-wise while you had the Amiga and or Coco? Did it ever make a friend jello because you had cooler games than on their machine? I had I had an uh, MS-DOS machine pretty early on, to be fair, because I, mean, I left the Coco went right to the MS-DOS machine. So there was no time that I remember. I mean, it may have happened. It almost surely happened. Where I saw, but I don't know. The MS, the early DOS games were such crap. Mm-hmm. That's hard for me to believe that my Coco, I'd be like, boy, I sure wish I could play, you know, because I remember like, I remember the PC version of Gauntlet being really good and having, and the, the, the Tandy version had like Tandy sound, so it sounded good. And so I remember that. So that's probably one of the early games I had that I was like, man, I can't do this on the, on the Coco. Uh, but, I don't remember a time where I was jealous of the PC when I had Coco because I, I transitioned right from one to the other. Okay. Yeah. Uh, and then, of course, I had the Amiga well after I'd had a, a, a DOS machine for a long time. 
So, and I didn't care at that point because I had both. So I didn't care if one was better than the other. And for a lot of stuff, I knew the Amiga was superior until it wasn't, you know? So what about you? Uh, Well, you know, I, I had an Atari while all of my friends had Nintendos. So I was constantly jealous of them because whether you're a computer person or a console person, there is a huge, huge gap in the quality of software between the Atari 8-bit computer and the Nintendo Entertainment System. Just the, the, the machine is just a better machine. Uh, it, it's like it's like comparing a Coco with a, you know, Amiga 1200. It's just not it's it's not. They're, they're two different classes of machines. So no matter what the Atari could do, it can never match graphically, sound-wise, playability-wise, anything on the NES. So I was constantly jealous of my friends. And it wasn't until 1997 or so when I saw um, Warcraft 3 running on a PC that I was like, man, PC games actually are not horrible. Because, you know, I went from seeing Atari 1200XL games to lame CGA DOS games to you know and and then i stopped looking at pc games altogether for like 10 years and so just in my mind i just thought well this is all crap and then when i saw warcraft 3 i was like man this is something that's a lot better than what consoles can do it's so funny that your attitude on the on pc because I, I honestly i thought to myself i had a pc and, a, and, a, and even the coco uh and and during the nes days and i, I always considered the nes far and away inferior and uh, and the kitty machine, I, my brother played it. That was that was a little kid's machine. You know, it wasn't a computer. You know, it wasn't, even, it wasn't in the same ballpark. I never considered the PC inferior to ever. I never considered it. it never crossed my mind. Uh, and I'm not saying I was right or wrong. I'm just saying it never crossed my sure. mind. Yeah, uh, because yeah. the PC was had it all. It had it all, and it had all the games and stuff. Uh, I, and part of that is you didn't get a lot of – there wasn't a ton of stuff where I would see it on the NES and think to myself, my God, this is so much better, you know? Uh, so it's funny. Well, like you, 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 and, yeah, and it also probably had to do with how much you were looking at the scene. Like you couldn't look at a game like Castlevania and think that the Coco could match the Castlevania. Well, there was no scene. It's right. not like now. I, I wasn't well-versed of what was being released on Nintendo. No idea. I had no clue what was going on there. Uh, I just knew what Brent had in there, mm-hmm. you know, and he would rent tons of stuff. And I'm not saying that, like I wouldn't see stuff and think to myself, "Hey, that's pretty good." But I never, I don't remember ever seeing a game on the NES, with a few exceptions, that I thought to myself, "My God, this is impressive." I was never that impressed. Well, uh, you, with, well with the NES, you're sort of going but back I, on yourself because earlier you talked about how Super Mario Brothers blew your mind the first time you saw it. That's one of the it. few exceptions. That was that's that's one of the few exceptions. And I will say, Duck Hunt was the same thing. I thought to myself, "Man, this is some awesome light." The light gun on the NES was always one of the most impressive things to me. I think that was a great light gun. Very. It was the, it was the, it was the, yeah it was the first good light gun on any system. Um, that, well, it was also it appeared before the light gun for like the Atari, uh, the Atari XE. You know that didn't get released until several years after. Uh, I'm not what, sure how how long after the NES was the Sega Master System released. It wasn't that long, was it? Oh, I have. Yeah, I was definitely within a, a year. Good gun too. They got a good gun. Yeah, but as far as like the the XE light gun, the XEGS light gun was such a disappointment. Um, they had two yeah, years well, to to develop something better, and they they didn't go that way. Well, one thing Nintendo had going for them is that they had a good light gun, and oh, by the way, they had great light gun games. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that yeah, helps. That helps. Uh, let's see. Um, Lord Soup asks, did you do you play roguelikes? And if you do, do you play fast and loose or ultra careful? 
I don't play them. I'll be honest with you. I, I it's been a long time. What about I, you? I still play them every once in a while. I go on a kick, and I always play ultra careful. But I still am horrible. I, I I'm never able to retrieve the the amulet of Gimulon and return from the twenty fifth floor. Um, Bundy asks, "What are you both looking forward to be able to do after this COVID crap is over?" You know what I miss? I miss. I see these old. I tell you, I was. I told you before we did Halloween. I watched a lot of old ELO footage. I was just going through a big ELO phase, but I and I was watching just lots of old concerts and stuff, and it was just like, man, everyone's there together, and no one even thinks twice about it, you know. And I miss the innocence of just being amongst the people. I remember it's been about a year ago since I went to my last wrestling show, which was I think it was last November. Or, or late October, AEW in Charleston. And it was so much fun. I had such a good time at that. And I missed that. I miss me and Luke used to go down to Fun City in the mall, the arcade down there, and just spend 10 bucks in an afternoon. And it was so much fun to take him out and have a good time and not worry about getting sick or touching stuff. You know, I, I miss that. I, I uh, just the simple things that uh, just going out for an average day without worrying about that, wearing those masks and rubbing alcohol on myself all the time. So I guess that's on my list. What about you? Um, just, you know, it's funny. I, I was going through all these old pictures. Um, just being, being with other people, just like having other people over going to other people's houses. Like I really, took that for granted um yeah i i was just thinking about it was one of the last times we went over to matt's house and we watched that episode of fantasy island you remember that yes yes it's and it was you should mention that because i was listening to interviews with ricardo montemont about herbie villages earlier today and it's it's so uh you know it was just so much fun just being together and not yeah. being not worried about like am i contracting the virus or am i giving someone else the virus yes yes or um, am i taking it home right right and so that's what i'm just most looking forward to just getting back to being able to hang out with other people and not have this this phantom you know just following you around all the time yeah i mean if this isn't a huge epiphany but this virus it literally makes us live in the exact opposite way of every human wants to live. We're social people. We like to go out, like to be in groups. We don't ever want to be isolated. That's a bad sign when that happens. And and now it's, we all have to live in a way that we hate. It, it's very mm. difficult. You know, we're doing our best. Aren't we both? I yeah, miss hanging yeah. out with you, my friend. It's been a long I know. time. We've only seen each other a couple of times in person since the, all the whole deal went down. It sucks. It, it's so funny because every time I walk, you know, I'm living the the quarantine life here in the basement. And so, like, I literally sit around all day and just look at stuff in the walls. And uh, I look over here right now. I'm looking at the WWF WrestleMania VCR board game you got yeah. me for. And, we were going to uh, shoot a video on that. Right. Right. So, yeah, I just I can't wait. All right. Lord Soup asks clan or inner sphere? Inner sphere. This is a mech warrior question, right? I don't yeah. know what these uh, inner sphere is like the ones in Pacific Rim, right? No, inner sphere no. mechs are the more simple mechs that were around for a long time. The clan mechs are fancier mechs. Okay, they came on, and I'm an old school guy, so I, I like I like the inner sphere. Okay, uh, Simulant asks any thoughts on the recent Johnny Depp scandal, suing the British newspaper in the High Court and losing the legal battle? I only have the vaguest of notions as to what was going on. 
You know, I don't care. It's more celebrity crap. I got bigger fish to fry. Yeah, don't care. Me, uh, my uh, the, the the things that I care about in this life, celebrity news is pretty much at the very, very, very bottom of the list. Like so. I saw something the other day that a Kardashian had a big birthday party on this island and flew out a bunch of her friends to the island. Everybody was in a big huff over it. And I thought to myself, my God, this chick's done so much stupid crap. You're gonna get mad now. That's what pisses you <laughs> off. Why do you care? Why does anyone even know who that is? She's hot. That's all. That's all there is to it. She has no other discernible talent. And that's going to wrap it up. What an ending to this uh, this month's Ask the Amigos. Uh, as always, we want to thank all of the fine Discord folks who have uh, submitted their questions. If you're a member of our Discord community, which you can be by either supporting us on Twitch through a subscription or subscribing to us through Patreon, uh, you can get on Discord. There's a lot of stuff going on, but the Ask the Amigos channel is just one of the many ways you can avail yourself of the greater Amigos community. We want to thank all of the fine folks who have joined us in chat. I had quite a crowd for a sort of an unplanned uh, thing going on. I wasn't even going to stream it until you told me to. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Pixels, thank you as always for being here and modding for us. You had to do some some modding earlier. I appreciate that. Uh, we want really? to thank. Uh, yeah. We want to thank uh, Amiga Cami for being here. Amiga Bang. Aten. Barkbit. Commander Root. David Zainaz. Electrical Longboard, Frodo and L, Hamo One, Ildera, John Marshall. John, I miss you, buddy. I hope we can get together again that's soon. That's another one. We miss uh, your disk drive cleaning abilities. That's right, man. Um, Johnny Renegade, L Curtis B, Lemon Juices 12, Mitsuyama, Picard 2010, Rob O'Hara, Tacking Alias, Tom Toms, Thicker, Tresino, VNK, Vigoro Pearls, Wishbone, and Zigglisteria. Beautiful. We miss you all. Everyone hang tough. Let's get through this election day, and then we'll see what happens next. Yeah. <laughs> Godzilla's just around the corner, boat. <laughs> all right, guys. We'll see you next time. Until then, adios. Adios.